0: Coming up on today's show, we try something new. The Bucks take on the Brooklyn Nets this evening. We've got you set with a special game preview. Everything you need to know about tonight's opponent and what to look for on the floor. We'll get into it on today's Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Bucks. Your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Justin Garcia, and thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're trying something new today that uh, we're thinking will become a regular feature here on the show. And that is game day previews for that opponent that the Bucks will take on. Uh, that day. So jump in the comments, let let us know if this is something that you like. And if this is something you'd like to see opened up into a live version where you can interact and uh, maybe shoot some questions to myself, Camille, maybe even Frank will uh, be able to join us for one of these. But if you want this live and to be able to uh, interact and get your game day questions in, let us know in the comments section and uh, we will look into making that adjustment. I do want to start with the injury report, because you think back to the last couple of years when injuries were seemingly a thing for this Bucks group. They defend the title, and game number two, you don't have Brooke Lopez, as it would turn out two-thirds of the season. You're without Brooke Lopez, but there was a lot of strange lineups that we'd seen the last couple of years just because of the injury reports and rest a part of that as well. Uh, but so far, so good, and that sound is me knocking on wood for this Bucks team as uh, the latest injury report as of 1030 this morning. Marquise Bolden, Ty Ty Washington Jr., and Lindell Wigginton, the three uh, two-way deals and G League players. Those are the only players listed as out for your Milwaukee Bucks For the opponent, the Brooklyn Nets, a much different story. So no Nick Claxton and no Cam Johnson. Those are the two big ones. Both Claxton and Johnson played in the season opener but we haven't seen them since Nick Claxton suffered a sprained ankle uh, in that opener for the Brooklyn Nets uh, that uh, lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And as for Cam Johnson, he was battling a calf strain all throughout the preseason, did not play at all in the preseason, played that opening game against the Cavaliers and um, looked relatively good, but uh, apparently tweaked that and is has not played since. So those are two big losses for the Nets. Obviously, Nick Claxton and his ability to deter shots and just be a rim protector for this uh, Nets defense. And then Cam Johnson, when we talk about wing players, and that may be being the kryptonite right now for this Bucks team, trying to figure out defense out there on the perimeters, you take one big piece out of it with no uh, Cameron Johnson. Lonnie Walker is also listed on the injury report. It sounds as though that's going to be a game time decision, as he's been dealing with some left knee soreness. But uh, so far, when we look at the injury report, positives for the Bucks in that you take away really the only true rim protector that the Brooklyn Nets have in Nick Claxton and another wing player. That look, it's going to take time, as Camille and I talked about uh, earlier today on the uh, the show that came out this morning. It's going to take time for this defense and especially for the offense. So the, the fewer wings that you can deal with in the interim, the better for this Bucks team. Uh, and more than that, just not seeing more and more names on the injury report, as, as this has really been all but one game thus far this season, two games, that uh, the only names have been those that are the two-way deals and players assigned to the G League. So good start so far in the injury front for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks as they get set to take on the Brooklyn Nets. Who is this Brooklyn Nets team or what has changed with this Brooklyn Nets team? Uh, I mentioned the season opener that they had against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They lost that one in dramatic fashion. But when you look at this schedule that the Brooklyn Nets have played thus far, much different than what we've seen uh, for this Milwaukee Bucks team. And that was another big thing we talked about coming into the season was going to be schedule. For this uh, this Bucks team, not the most difficult schedule, but also not the most easy schedule, as we may have saw last year to start the season. The Nets have had a lot of playoff teams, or at least teams that would expect to be playoff uh, contending teams on their schedule to start the season. That part's not different from the Bucks. What is different is the caliber of some of those teams. I mentioned the Cleveland Cavaliers is how they began the season at home. The Dallas Mavericks on the road, game number two, who thus far have looked like one of the best teams in the league. Even the Charlotte Hornets, the record shows they're 2-4, and four, starting to see some signs. I'm not saying Charlotte's going to be a playoff team. They just took the Mavs uh, to the wire and gave them everything they could handle on Sunday night. So Charlotte's starting to show off some of that young talent uh, that they have. Then you had the Miami Heat, part of a four-game road trip, by the way, in Dallas, in Charlotte, in Miami, and then the Chicago Bulls on Friday nights in an in-season tournament game. And most recently, uh, they played at home against the Boston Celtics. This is game number two in a three-game homestand for the Brooklyn Nets. And those games are the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Clippers. By the way, we expect James Harden will be playing in that Clippers game on Wednesday night. And then once that wraps up, they go to Boston to take on the Celtics for the second time in a week. So a very, very difficult schedule that the Nets are in the midst of. And a couple of things that stand out with this Brooklyn Nets team is Cam Thomas, really, uh, picking up right where he left off a season ago. You remember that stretch that he had of uh, 40-point games, three consecutive 40-point games that he had a season ago. You knew the offensive ability was always going to be there with Cam Cam Thomas. It was just on the other end of the floor. What can happen there? When you look at how the Nets have built this team, you have enough guardrails around him. Even without a Cam Johnson right now and without a Nick Claxon, you still have Ben Simmons, who may not be the level of defender he was years ago, but still a more than capable defender. Mikhail Bridges fits that bill as well. So they've surrounded him with defensive help, and it's allowed him to just feast offensively. He opened up the season with three straight 30 point games 36 points in the opener, 30 points against the Dallas Mavericks, and 33 points in that loss to the uh, Charlotte Hornets the win, excuse me, against the Hornets, and 27 points that he had last night against the Boston Celtics as well. So Cam Thomas figures to be maybe the biggest problem that the Bucs will have to address in this game. Who is going to draw that assignment for Cam Thomas today? Maybe a Marjan Beauchamp. Uh, you look at some of the, the draws that he has had thus far when you think about guys like a Trey Young, Tyrese Maxey, The list goes on of of guys that we have seen, a Marjan Bochamp, have to take that assignment on. It's going to continue today, you would assume, with a player like a Cam Thomas. So 26 points per game to start things off for Cam Thomas. He's been fantastic offensively. Mikael Bridges, more of the same as well. You know what to expect from him as a defender. He's averaging more than 20 points six games into this season as well. And Dorian Finney-Smith, another guy that I, I know Bucks fans have their eyes on for different reasons, but he had a monster game against the Chicago Bulls in that play-in tournament game, and another one of those guys that the Nets have just seemingly added in bunches of wing defenders who can also put the ball on the floor and do some scoring as well. So this is going to be an interesting uh, draw for the Bucks tonight in that not a whole lot of size, and, and as we mentioned, when you take Nick Claxton out of the mix – the bigs that you have now uh, for those Brooklyn Nets are going to be a smaller big in uh, a Dorian Finney Smith, Ben Simmons as well, who's played five games this season is going to have to take on some of that. Otherwise a, a very, very smaller, a much smaller uh, Brooklyn Nets team and Dayron Sharp. I would expect to see uh, quite a bit of in tonight's game. So that's what the Nets look like on paper coming into this matchup. When we come back, I do want to get into some of the numbers that we've seen with this uh, Brooklyn Nets team because when we look at some of the differences here between the Bucks and the Nets and I know it's early but uh, a couple of things really stand out especially on the defensive end of the floor we'll get into that when uh, we return but I do want to tell you about game time and I know I've talked about this a couple of times we've all had frustrating experiences buying tickets Game time is here to solve all of those frustrations. Maybe you're not sure using competitors, where are your seats going to be? Can you find last minute deals? How last minute can you wait for? Can't find deals, period. Well, game time is here to solve all those issues. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time, it's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, concerts, comedy shows, theater events. You name it, anything near you. Game Time is where you go. They've got killer last minute deals. You can see the all in prices. You can see views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And as I mentioned, I went through this. I needed some last minute tickets to Comerica to see what uh, to see a Tigers game when I was in Detroit for SummerSlam. I wanted to see what's the seats going to look like. I'd never been to this ballpark before. Can I get any last-minute deals? What are my all-in prices? Game time solved. All of that, and they can do the same for you. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account and redeem that code. LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. All right, so this Brooklyn Nets team, what stands out about the Brooklyn Nets? And let's preface with this. We're going to continue to do these game previews in the interim. They're going to be interesting because this is a small sample size theater that we're really digging into. You've seen some trends, and you've seen some trends that may carry over from season to season. Obviously, Cam Thomas and his scoring ability is a big one of those. Mikhail Bridges and his two-way play. Dorian Finney-Smith, for that matter, and two-way play. Those are all big components For that Brooklyn Nets team. So while we're just looking at six games for the Nets and five for the Bucks, there are some staples that you feel confident in saying, okay, this is what we should expect to see go forward. One of those things, I'm not quite sure what is real and what is going to change comes on the defensive side and more specifically transition defense. That's the one alarming area going into this matchup that you would have a lot of concerns for. If you were just reviewing these as an analyst on paper and saying, here's XYZ for this team, here's this team. Transition is what's going to stand out the most here. So, this Brooklyn Nets team thus far has gotten off to a pretty good start to the season. We mentioned three and three, 500 record, and offensive rating, defensive rating right in line. So, they're right where they would expect to be, basically a flat. Net rating, offensive rating of 115.4 for the Nets. That's eighth best in the NBA. Defensively, though, a different story. As they clock in right now at 115.6, 24th in the league. The Bucks, for reference, are an even 116 defensive rating. A uh, wonder what that drop defense return did after that one game against the New York Knicks when the Bucs entered in the 130s at one point in defensive rating, but a very, very similar defensive rating for these two teams. They rank 24th and 25th, respectively, do the Bucs and the Nets. Offense is what stands out, is the Nets have been a top 10 offense. The Bucs are still 12th offensively. Now, I know I talked about this coming into the season. I expect the Bucks to finish the season in the top three offensively. There's been a lot of things that have obviously changed there. Damian Lillard, and we've gone over all of these things. Damian Lillard did not have a traditional offseason. Damian Lillard didn't get to put in as much work as he typically would. And oh, by the way, Damian Lillard is learning a new scheme. He's learning new teammates and he's going through some things. So that's going to take time. You throw in as well that the lead assistant who was going to be tasked with running this offense is no longer here. And that change took place about a week before the season began. So, it may take a little more time than all of us envisioned for this offense to get to where it needs to be. But the one area that really stands out in that the offense is not where it needs to be for the Bucs is in transition. Right now, 20% of the Bucks plays are taking place in transition. That is fifth worst in the NBA. The only teams that are getting into transition opportunities. At less frequent rates than the Bucs are, are the Houston Rockets, the Golden State Warriors, Chicago Bulls, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the Bucs are not getting into transition all that frequently. And even more troubling, they're scoring 91.2 points per 100 possessions when they're in transition. That is obviously not good. We said the overall offensive rating around a 115 for the Bucs. You expect transition to be at a much higher rate than your offense. So for that to be more than 20 points per possession, less than their overall rating, jumps out at just how much of a struggle this has been. The Bucs are 30th in the league right now in their transition offensive efficiency, and it's by a wide margin. They're the only team that is not in the 100s in that rating transition wise so that is an area when we say this offense is going to take time that's the big one that you point to that it continues to show look they gotta you know as adrian griffin said offense helps defense and vice versa that our defense has to put the offense in those spots we've seen it not a lot though again it's the fifth fewest transition opportunities but when they are getting those they're not converting so it just starts with getting more transition opportunities. And that starts defensively with just coming up with stops. Saw more of that against the New York Knicks on Friday night, but you got to continue to a build upon that if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. I point all of this out because the Brooklyn Nets are not go- going through those same issues. So Brooklyn right now in the middle of the pack in terms of the number of transition opportunities that they get, they're clocking in at 13th in the league, but They're in the top 10 in what they do with it. Their rating is 133.3. So as we said, you expect that mark to be higher. The league average is just under 125. So that number should be higher, and it is for the Brooklyn Nets. They're doing a great job scoring in transition, and I think a lot of that speaks to, number one, Ben Simmons and his ability to push the basketball up the floor and find shooters, but also a number of wing players and guys that can handle the ball that the Brooklyn Nets have. That goes a long way in juicing up your transition offense. And and look, even worse for the Bucs is on the defensive side where they are giving up the most transition opportunities in the league so far, dead last. Basically, a quarter of plays run are coming in transition by the opponents Uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. Again, much different. They're close to fifth. Only about 20% of opponent plays are run in transition when we uh, look at what the Nets have done, and the Nets have done a great job in maintaining that as well. They're sixth in the amount of looks the opponents get in transition, and sixth in what they do defensive rating in transition. Whereas the Bucks are 30th in both of those. Opponents' rating is nearly 150 in transition against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. So it may come down to transition defense and offense, just transition overall. In tonight's matchup, who performs at a better level on both ends of the floor is likely going to go a long way in determining who wins this early season game between the Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. We'll take a look at the defense as well and what we saw on Friday night, what can carry over against this Brooklyn Nets team and what to keep an eye on as uh, we go into the final segment of the show here, but want to tell you once more about FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right, $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. App is easy to use, there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over unders, and more. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so transition is going to be the biggest thing to keep an eye on in tonight's game between the Bucks and uh, the Brooklyn Nets. And look, I don't think it's just lip service. What Adrian Griffin has been telling us all along, It goes hand-in-hand, right, offensively and defensively. When we point out those things, the struggles have been on both ends of the floor for the Bucs in transition, but as Griff said, offense has to help defense and vice versa. I do think we saw some more of that against the New York Knicks. We saw the Bucs' rim defense especially, no surprise, with Brooke Lopez uh, playing in the drop, look much, much better coming into the game. Opponents were shooting more than 80%. I think it was 83% around the basket at the rim in those situations. They were basically taking the same amount of shots and their shot profile, percentage of shots coming around the rim. It, it didn't really change this year to last year for that Bucks defense. The big difference was <laughs> the shots they were taking at the rim were much easier. They were dunks and layups. We saw that change a little bit. A lot of it came in the first half against the Knicks. Knicks still got off 21 shots at the rim, more than the Bucs did, and they made 12 of them, so just under 60%. So, uh, look, growth may not always be linear. It's going to come in subtle steps, and it's what we've continued to try to convey here, that it's not going to be an overnight fix for any of this, for offense, for defense. It's going to take some time. Uh, But that Bucs defense, and look, it's a Knicks offense that's not quite as good in transition as the Brooklyn Nets are. Bucks defense looked much better. That that number we talked about in terms of amount of times the opponent gets to transition, it was 25% for the season for the Bucks, it was 21% in that game against the New York Knicks, and the Knicks actually had a negative impact offensively. Their offensive rating dropped in transition. Bucks did as well, but look, we're trying to stack successes here and start to build on some things. That transition defense got a little better on Friday night. The rim defense got a little better as well, and those are two big things that are going to have to get more than a little better. They're going to have to take a big step forward for the Bucks to continue to, uh, to build on all these changes on both ends of the floor and just continue to round into the team. We fully expect this group to be by the time the season ends. That's the game preview. As I said, jump in the comments. Let us know if this is something you want to see happening live, where you can interact, maybe fire off some questions as well. But we'll continue to do these on a case-by-case basis and take a look at the opponent for the Bucs on the day of the game. Speaking of day of the game, later on this evening, Camille will be back with Frank to break down the action that we saw tonight in Brooklyn. Hopefully we're breaking down a Bucks victory and hopefully some of these talking points came to fruition and the transition proved to be a key for the bucks and cleaning some of the things up. We'll talk to you later on tonight with the post game pod with Camille and Frank on locked on bucks.